In the six months since the U.S. federal government issued the cybersecurity framework, Adam Sedgwick has been on the road, evangelizing the framework to the operators of the nation's critical infrastructure. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro of Information Security Media Group. The cybersecurity framework is a package of existing IT security standards, guidelines, and best practices. Aimed at reducing cyber risk, critical infrastructure operators are encouraged to voluntarily adopt the framework. Sedgwick, whose official title is Senior Information Technology Policy Advisor at the National Institute of Standards and Technology, says that in the innumerable conversations he has had this past half year with potential framework users, the subject of cost often comes up. But Sedgwick says businesses shouldn't think of implementing cybersecurity as an expense, but as part of the standard way to conduct business. The framework should be something that's ingrained into your business activities. You know, when he was director of NIST at the time, Pat Gallagher, as we were developing the framework, would say, we need to make it so that good cybersecurity is good business. In many ways, this should be a factor in almost all of your organization's business decisions. And so that's kind of what we're trying to get ingrained. It's not necessarily an expense, but really it's something that you should consider as you consider what your organization looks like and its underlying mission. Cost isn't the only concern expressed by businesses considering using the framework to enhance their organization's IT security. How to communicate the right approaches to IT security to an organization's top executives is a top challenge, too. Really, the focus on uh, what do board of directors do, what should CEOs do, has become um, more into focus. And that's something that our stakeholders ask quite a bit about. And then I think there's always a balance with uh, How do you ensure that you're delivering the services you need to your customers while you have the proper level of protection? And what is the right balance in which you can achieve that, right? This is is an area that's going to continue to be challenging. It's not really a solvable problem. So much like the safety culture, how do we have this ingrained in organizations' culture so it's part of what they consider every day? There remain some misconceptions about the framework and how it should be employed. Well, I think one thing that's really important for us is that people aren't treating the the framework as a checklist. One thing that I think we intend to emphasize is that organizations should should use this as they think about how to manage risk, um, but they shouldn't treat it like every item on this is a, is a must-do. The reason why we focused on outcomes and we have this communication is that we realize that the organizations are going to look really different. So we're always trying to get to that concept of continual improvement. And what we've seen a little bit of and we hope to see more of is that organizations are really thinking about how do they meet the outcomes that are laid out in in the framework. I think one thing that is unique about the framework is that kind of focus on outcomes and that focus on continual improvement. Why is that unique? Is there something, a new way of thinking about cybersecurity? I think it was something that was very important to our, to our stakeholders. They really wanted, throughout the development of the framework, for us to focus on, um, not on the, the process when it, when it came to the actual core of the framework, but what are the goals that organizations should seek to get to. For whatever reason, that, that, that's something that came up very clearly, and I think it helps us set that high bar that organizations are going to seek to achieve. Sedgwick says one of the criticisms he's heard about the cybersecurity framework is that it isn't prescriptive. Some potential framework users expected to see a detailed step-by-step approach they could use to secure their organization's critical IT systems. That's not what the framework was designed to be, but Sedgwick does not dismiss such criticisms. I think that level of detail question still comes up quite a bit, and there are a lot of organizations that are looking for additional detail. 
I'm hoping that's one thing that we'll we'll learn about quite a bit at our workshop. I mean, one of the things that's important to us is that we invite that criticism and we want folks to be very honest about how they're using the framework, what they like about it, and what they don't like about it, so that uh, the framework itself can improve and develop those uh, those those tools as well that can really help organizations that are struggling. When you talk about level of detail, what what is the complaint about the level of detail? Is not enough detail? That's right. Yeah. Is that perhaps a misunderstanding what the framework is about? Because if you go to all the other documents that you make reference to in there, there's quite a bit of detail. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that I would really be that we would be seeking to understand. But that that would be my response generally to that criticism. That not only do the underlying standards and guidelines reflect the work of you know thousands, if not tens of thousands, if not more, of individuals contributing to those standards and guidelines. By focusing on the outcomes, we're asking for other people to come in and and, uh, provide additional detail. I don't want to characterize a criticism that I I haven't heard enough about, Um, but I'm hoping that a lot of that will come out through the RFI and we can uh, begin to work our way through them. As the cybersecurity framework gains traction, IT security vendors and service providers are tailoring their wares to conform to the framework. And that's something those drafting the next version of the framework will keep an eye on. Indeed, doing an internet search on the term cybersecurity framework and you'll see some of the top returns are from vendors linking their offerings with the framework. If you think about the framework itself, the focus is always on the needs of uh, owners and operators of critical infrastructure. Part of what we would look to see is to make sure that the products and services that critical infrastructure owners and operators rely on um, were also conforming somewhat to the framework. We've seen quite a bit of that um, where people are offering uh, services around the use of the framework. They're, they're showing how their products can help achieve those outcomes. And I think that's going to be something that we'll look, look to gather more and more um, when we put out the request for information and we have these future workshops. Is there a concern that people may be offering uh, products or services that might ne- not necessarily work as promised? I think that's always going to be a concern. I think that's why really the focus needs to be on organizations understanding what their needs are and how those products and services help achieve them. NIST is looking to provide tools, too, that would make implementing the framework easier for organizations adopting its cybersecurity standards, guidelines, and best practices. I think that's really going to be one of the key questions for us is sort of what should we, what is, what is the right role for NIST and what, what are the, the tools that we can provide uh, moving forward to help uh, critical infrastructure? You know, one thing that we we put up uh, just a couple of weeks ago was a reference tool that would allow users to browse the framework core, look through the the functions, categories, subcategories, and informative references, search for specific words, and then import the data that that would be relevant to them. Some of the questions that we're going to be asking them is, what would be really helpful for organizations to help them use the framework? It could be sample uh, profiles, it could be use cases, it could be things like the reference tool that we posted. Now, that's one thing we really want to hear from the stakeholders now that they've had six months of uh, working with the final framework. It's not just critical infrastructure operators that have shown interest in the cybersecurity framework. Other businesses and organizations that aren't deemed critical infrastructure have queried NIST about the framework, and Sedgwick says it's important that those enterprises adopt sound cybersecurity practices, perhaps with the help of the framework. After all, critical and non-critical organizations often rely on one another to function. Certainly from from our perspective, while the um, focus was on critical infrastructure, we thought that the practices were more broadly uh, applicable. 
And I think that's one of the things that our RFI uh, might get some interesting information on when we start asking people, how are they using the, the, the framework? There is likely a need for a conversation with organizations outside of the critical infrastructure on how they manage risk and how it relates. Well, I think it's important because, you know, critical infrastructure certainly is of strong national import, right? That's the the systems and assets on which our national and economic security relate. But certainly the way that we engage with industry and companies goes well beyond critical infrastructure. Also, one of the things that we see throughout the framework development is that in many ways, we're all reliant upon one another. Sharing these practices and making sure that industry broadly understands how to manage cybersecurity risk will be beneficial not only to American industry, but also to, to Americans overall. What's next for Sedgwick and the cybersecurity framework? As you heard, NIST is issuing an RFI, a request for information, to stakeholders to get first-hand knowledge from organizations that have implemented the framework. The RFA filings will help NIST determine the agenda for a forthcoming workshop to be held October 29th and 30th at the University of South Florida in Tampa. That workshop will help NIST and others involved in the initiative to learn what should be incorporated in version 2 of the cybersecurity framework. No doubt Adam Sedgwick will have a busy autumn. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Eric Chabrill.